0: Welcome to our regular episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. What does your income potential depend upon? It's a pretty good question. It is hard to pin down what quality makes some people very effective at producing income some seem pretty smart but some necessarily not so smart i have met individuals who have an extraordinary ability to make income and they end up in jail that's not so smart i've also met many very intelligent people who have a hard time putting their lunch money together i've observed extremely hardworking groups that still have a hard time making money for themselves and I've seen some pretty inefficient groups that still somehow generate income. Obviously, the better organized you are, the better you market, can build a team, sell. Without any question, all these factors contribute to raising income, but they are not the senior factor in income potential. First of all, let's define the word potential. Potential generally refers to a currently unrealized ability. The term is used in a wide variety of fields, from physics to the social sciences, to indicate things that are in a state where they are able to change in ways ranging from the simple release of energy by objects to the realization of abilities in people. So we are analyzing what determines the potential of a group or an individual to create income. Okay, so here's your answer. In an article dated 18 January 1965, Mr. Hubbard stated the following, quote, The income potential of any usual group is established by the demand for income, not by any other important factor, end quote. Now, take a moment to digest that datum because some of you may find this a little anticlimactic. If you are at all disappointed by this revelation, and it is a revelation, I suspect I know why. You have a misunderstood word in this sentence. The misunderstood is demand. There tends to be a confusion from some on the difference between demand and desire. Demand means, and I quote a number of sources on this, demand means to ask for with proper authority claim as a right. He demanded payment of the debt. Another definition, to ask for something forcefully in a way that shows that you do not expect to be refused. Here are some examples. I demanded an explanation. The union is demanding a 7% raise this year. He has always demanded the highest standards of behavior from his children. And where do you think you're going, demanded the police officer. I demand to see the manager. She demanded that he return the books he borrowed from her. See, demand is, you're asking with proper authority. You're claiming this as a right. You're asking for something forcefully. And you do not expect to be refused. Here's another example. The library demanded $5 for each book returned late. I want you to imagine returning some late books to the library. The librarian says, "Okay, that'll be $5. Uh, for each one of these books. We have five books here. That's $25. And you go, oh, well, I've only got, you know, three bucks. What do you think is going to happen in there? You know, I mean, I don't know if she's going to call the police or whatever, but she's just going to look at you like, hey, no, no, wait a minute, man. You are returning. You're providing this money. You're not walking out of here without that 25 bucks. Figure it out. Okay. This is a demand. It's not like well, uh, can we negotiate? Can I give you a dollar? Okay, this is the librarian, for God's sake. Okay? It comes from Middle English, uh, Old French, demand, uh, demander, which is a verb, from Latin, demandare, hand over in trust. a uh, medieval Latin, demand from day de, formally, uh, plus mandare, to order. To Order. Demand is something you're ordering, man. You're expecting it. That's demand. This is a little different from the word desire, which means a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. A desire, the example given, a desire to work in the dirt with your bare hands. Or the verb, strongly wish for or want something. He never achieved the status he so desired. Are you starting to see the difference? Okay. Uh, a good friend of mine gave a couple of examples I thought were rather interesting some years ago, and I, I paid attention to them, and I've used them. Uh, all speakers and presenters probably borrow from each other, so here's one instance of that. He asked the audience, he said, have any of you ever been without shoes? Because you just couldn't afford a pair of shoes, and you had to walk barefoot. he was like, no. No, we always have shoes. Okay. You demand shoes. That's why you always have shoes. Have any of you gone without food for, you know, days, a couple of days or a whole day for the simple reason that you couldn't afford to find something to eat or pay for anything to eat? Has that happened with any of you? I mean, maybe you're on a diet or whatever, but, you know, because you couldn't afford to buy food, does that happen to anybody in this room? No, no, no. We always have food. That's right, because you demand food. Have any of you ever been without a roof over your head? Unless you went out on a camping trip or you desired to sleep under the stars, any of you? No. Know. Why? No matter what. They have a roof over their head. Why? Because that's demanded. Okay, it's not desired. So people say, "Oh man, I have so much income demand." You wouldn't believe how, I mean, I have my whole, you know, I, I have this big old house I want to get, and there's all these services I want to purchase, and there's donations I want to make to worthy causes, and there's all these things I want to do. Yeah, no, and, you know, besides, I have like uh, $80,000 on my credit cards that I have to pay off. No, income demand is not my problem. That's That can't be the reason why I'm not making very much money. You know what? You know why that guy has $80,000 on his credit card? He doesn't demand that he has nothing on his credit cards. That's what that is. It's a desire not to have debt. It's not a demand that there is no debt. It's a desire to purchase certain services. It's not a demand to have those services paid for or secured. You know, there isn't a demand for a big house, believe me, I don't have a demand for a big house, but let's say somebody has a demand. It's different from a desire. If there was a demand for a mansion, that person would probably create the income for that mansion. It's a function of demand for income, not any other important factor. So let's revisit that datum. So he says, the income potential of any usual group is established by the demand for income not by any other important factor he goes on to say this in financial supervision on an international basis this is the only factor one works with and he wrote this uh, just to have to provide context uh, it's written for an international organization okay so he says in financial supervision on an international basis this is the only factor one works with While it is reasonable to suppose that income will occur for other reasons and can be achieved in other ways, the actual fact is that only demand by the group produces any income at all. You can, for use in financial supervision, make the requirement almost anything you like. And so long as a group believes it is spending all it makes and needs more, you will have adequate income. For practical purposes, no other rules apply. I'll give you a very mundane, pragmatic example of this, all right? In early days of uh, consulting, in the days when I was consulting, I had a little trick I adopted early, knowing this datum. I would bring aboard clients and I would ask them, I said, okay, so um, how much are you paying yourself out of your organization? And a common answer would be uh, almost nothing uh, you know I put everything back into the business, you know I said, well how much uh how much do you think you're worth your organization oh i don't know I mean we'll think it over. What would you like to pay yourself? See this guy's not paying himself he's he's paying himself whatever is left over after he's Invested, you know, he's paid all the salaries. He's invested back in the company. He is not paying himself. I say, how much do you think you're worth to your company? Oh, I don't know, uh, at least three thousand dollars a week. Okay, good. So here's what I want you to do: you are going to put yourself on the payroll, and you're going to pay yourself first. And the client would say, well, no, 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 I couldn't do that because I can't afford it. I said, well, have you ever missed payroll? No. No, I couldn't miss payroll. That's against the law. All right. Put yourself on the payroll. $3,000 a week. What do you think happened to his income? Went up well over $3,000 a week. Why? Because he had to make payroll. Because there's a demand by authorities to make payroll. So, of course, he makes payroll every week. And all of a sudden, he's much happier as a client because he's now making $3,000 a week. Well, this is a great example of creating income demand. And Mr. Hubbard says here, you can, for use in financial supervision, make the requirement almost anything you like. And so long as a group believes it's spending all it makes and needs more, you will have adequate income. So this is for yourself, but it's also for your group. You must create requirements that the, the group believes they must fulfill or they're not gonna make it. There has to be a demand there, okay? One of the simplest methodologies of creating income demand is, uh, and you, will, you can study more about this if you listen to the podcast episode number 17 of Business-Wise called Money, Sanity, and Morale. You will understand a little bit more about money and uh, the significance of money and the fact that it is a symbol and represents different things but um, an organization unfortunately sometimes gets the idea that it has a right to all the money that it makes and one of the things that you can do is make a percentage that comes off the top that is in an account you can call it a building fund account now almost any organization needs real estate it needs some kind of premises i know the modern trend is you know everybody work from home but Um, I think most organizations are more productive and successful if they have a location. So taking a percentage, you can call it, you can say it's 15%, and that comes off the top. And from the same reference dated 18 January 1965, Mr. Hubbard says this, quote, the weekly proportion of income owing to the building fund account must be paid into it weekly and may not be withheld, end quote. So the organization says, okay, well, we made $20,000 this week. That means we have $20,000 to spend. Now, not quite so fast, all right? First of all, you have the building fund account, and that's like 15%, and that comes off the top, and it may not be withheld. So right there, the group is going to be operating on the premise that, okay, well, we don't have $20,000 because right away, 15% is going to go away. The other thing, of course, is you've got taxes, so you have tax set-asides. You need to create these set-asides and requirements that are percentages that come off off the top and may not be withheld. And just between you and me, and don't tell anybody, they can be quite artificial. You can make the reason almost anything you like. We need to have a fleet of vans. Why? It's, uh, it's a strategy we're creating. You know, We have this huge dissemination campaign we're about to launch. Really? Well, yeah soon as I figure it out, we'll have one, right? It, it's, it, it can be anything you like, it's an idea. In the same reference, Hubbard says, money to begin with is only an abstract idea, therefore it is a victim of all manner of thoughts and opinions. What are you trying to do here? You're trying to create ideas. A person's productivity is an emanation of their ideas. If they have the idea that there's no urgency, then there is no urgency. No matter how much urgency actually exists, if you're on a sinking ship, that ship is sinking, but nobody has the idea that the ship is sinking, everyone's drowning. If you are on a highly secure ship, but you are able to instill the ideas of alertness and attentiveness and you instill through drilling and various different factors and education, the idea that, hey, you know what? You're on a ship at sea. You better stay alert. No matter how good our record is, no matter how safe this ship is, everybody has that idea. That is part of what contributes to the safety of that ship. So you as a leader and you as a business owner, you are responsible for instilling the ideas within that organization that make it Uh, capable of producing income. That organization has an income potential that is dependent upon the ideas and attitude of the members of that group. If they don't have that demand for income, they will not produce that income. It's as simple as that. And if you don't have that idea personally, now, I'm not even saying you need to have that idea because uh, many of us don't have a big idea that we need a billion bucks in the bank. I mean, I know I don't. So I'm never going to have a billion bucks in the bank because I have no idea about that. It's not an income. It's not something I'm demanding in my life. Okay, there's many other things I demand in my life. That's not one of them. Okay, but for somebody else, it might be something they demand. If that's what they demand, that's probably what they're going to produce. Okay, it doesn't matter how smart they are. It doesn't matter how. Uh, I mean, all these factors enter in, but the senior factor, the most important factor, is that they are demanding it. And you've all seen some guys that really aren't that smart, able to accrue all this money. And you go, how come? That's their demand, man. I don't know what to say. It's a sad contrast because I have worked in groups that uh, made up of extraordinary people, like people I would gladly share the road with anytime, run the river with anytime, very capable, awesome people. Okay. But observed that they are working in an activity that they're not expecting to get paid. Maybe it's a volunteer type activity. That activity, that organization actually made far less than adequate income. Why? Because there was no demand for income. And why was that? Because from their perspective, the members of this group uh, all had other jobs, all had other sources of income. For them, this is their volunteer activity and their contribution to society, perhaps. And so there was no demand for income, so the organization made no money, which means it barely delivered anything close to the adequate services to the community that they were trying to assist. Because remember, that money is also a reflection of the amount of attention that you're getting. If you listen to the earlier episodes, this organization would not be uh, attracting adequate pro-survival attention, clearly, Because their income would be low, and everybody involved is feeling like, oh, we're doing all these great things for society. Well, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. I mean, you probably are, but is it on the correct order of magnitude? Well, what's one thing we can do to increase that order of magnitude? Demand for income. How can we create a demand for income within that group? Well, they all quit their other jobs for one thing, and they all go work there and say, oh, my God, we got to make money now. Now you're going to see a demand for income, right? set it up so that any of these other, you know, in many cases, these guys uh, had outside enterprises and so forth. Great. Just don't allow yourself to get any income from your outside businesses and depend utterly on this organization that you're trying to create here. And uh, magically, almost instantaneously, you will see a major jump in income. Why? Because there's a demand for income. That's it. This is not a particularly popular datum. I will say this. People ask me, you know, about income. And I say, well, you know, let me quote you, Mr. Hubbard. He says the income potential of any usual group is established by the demand for income, not by any other important factor, quote unquote. And they're kind of like, like, oh, yeah, no, I know. And this and that. I mean, they're waiting for some other magical bullet, I guess. And there are plenty of bullets, believe me. There's lots of arrows in the quiver. But. Uh, on how to make more income, it's not a very difficult subject. Uh, I've done a number of episodes on creating income. It's a popular subject, so I've I've talked about it quite often in these episodes on how to make more income. It's not difficult. It's pretty simple. But all those processes and all those uh, all that knowledge will avail not if this primary factor is not in, the demand for income. Again, the income potential of any usual group is established by the demand for income, not by any other important factor. The individual who wants to make a significant monetary contribution to a charity, for instance, how many of them said, oh, I would love to give you you know, X amount of dollars. I mean, if I could, I would. You, you know what, you, you demand that, you make a demand on self, that you are going to make that contribution, make the contribution. Just go ahead and make it. You will make the money to compensate yourself back, because you'll have to. Nothing like staring at a credit card uh, bill to create demand for income. Now, a lot of times, guys don't like me saying that, but it is true. And if you don't believe it, I can give you hundreds of examples of it. I have seen it over and over and over again. I can always tell uh, when there's been a fundraising drive in an area because in that area, all my members magically are making about two to three or sometimes five times the income they were making before the fundraising drive began. You know, I can show you the statistics. It's as true as I'm sitting here t- talking to you. Um, I remember sitting at lunch one time, I had a a friend, dear, dear friend, in a city that was, uh, he was the prime mover and shaker for uh, a fundraising drive for a new building for an organization that he was passionately involved in and believing in. And uh, this this gentleman, uh, his membership dues were not particularly significant, uh, but I often had to chase him around to collect, you know. 150 bucks a month or something like that for his membership dues and it was kind of funny anyway he took on this project and all of a sudden you know he's contributing hundreds of thousands of dollars to this project I'm like where the devil did this guy make all this money from and you know uh anyway I would visit him time to time and uh because I was helping him with his with his fundraising drive and uh Part of what I do when I'm helping people with this subject is I'll sit down with them and go over their business with them and show them how they can make a lot more money than they're making. It inspires confidence and and they generally will are willing to lay out more uh, cash when they can see. Oh man, I, I can make so much more with this business than I'm making. You know, so that's it's a it's an important step and it's an important way I involve myself uh, occasionally with these sorts of things if I believe in the cause. And uh, anyway, uh, this gentleman had never asked me for help. Uh, He was leading the charge. He was inspiring others to contribute. And uh, I was helping all these people, but I never helped him. And one moment we had a, uh, we were both uh, relaxed around the same time, around lunchtime. I said, hey, John, why don't you and I go and, and grab some lunch together? And uh, why don't you uh, pick my brain for what we can do to help your business? Because, uh, you know, you've never asked me, but why don't I offer? So we went out to lunch and he said, oh, that sounds like a great idea. We went out to lunch. And uh, just so happened, you know, he's a, he's a high-tech guy. So he had all of his statistics with him on his phone. And I said, okay, let's start by looking at your statistics. And I looked at the statistics and they were all pretty much vertical. They were all screamingly upstat his income, almost all of his stats. And I looked at him, I said, John, I don't even know what I can do for you, man. I've never seen stats like these. What's your secret? He says, I have no choice. You know, the way I'm contributing, I I, I got to. And uh, there you go. There is living testimony, and I can show you many, many other examples of that. So income demand, create it for yourself, create it for your group and you will discover uh, that all the things that you're learning from BusinessWise episodes and from Mr. Hubbard uh, will suddenly magically come into play. You'll start utilizing it more, uh, applying yourself more, studying more carefully, implementing better, and it all starts with this little thing called demand for income. So finally, again, quote, the income potential of any usual group is established by the demand for income, not by any other important factor, end quote. All right, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson, um, and uh, we will talk next week. If you have any questions, originations, successes, please write us at info at org, and uh, talk to you next week.